It's now time on realagriculture.com to talk about the beef markets. It's time for the beef market update with Ann Wasco from the Gateway Livestock Exchange. This segment is brought to you by Farm Credit Canada, FCC, advancing the business of agriculture. Well, Ann Wasco, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, Sean. How are you this week? Well, I'm doing really, really well today on this Friday, and I'm looking forward to our discussion here. Right off the top, Ann, last week you were at NCBA in Arizona. I got to ask you, how was the meeting? I'm sure it was a lot warmer than here. That would be my first comment, the weather, right? I mean, we came back to some pretty cold weather, especially this morning. And uh, uh, from Calgary, right on through to our part of the province, um, got, got a pretty good dump of snow. Not as much as, uh, as maybe you did in southern Alberta, but certainly uh, it's feeling like winter. So we're thinking back to Phoenix and, Phoenix and thinking, yeah, we could have stayed there another week. But the meetings were good, you know, certainly a great networking opportunities, uh, update on cattle facts and the markets and, and all the new goings on. And, of course, the cattle politics update. So it's it's always good. Yeah, it, it is one of my favorite meetings of the year. I wish I could have been there. I was uh, I was committed to go to farm tech this year. We, we had a real, lot of fun at Edmonton as well. But I was very, very jealous watching all the tweets coming out of the NCBA meeting. What what was kind of the mood there? We we did post a story about some of the things mm-hmm. that Cattlefax did say in their update, but how would you describe the overall mood as you talked to a lot of the producers from the US? Oh, I think generally whether you're talking about a US or a Canadian producer, because there was still lots of Canadians down there, certainly positive. Um, we've generally all had a pretty good year from a from a profitability perspective all through the sector. Um, so those those tend to leave pretty good tastes in our mouths. And like I said to you before, I think you've covered the story as well, that certainly trade was the focus of the topic of discussion as all of the ones in the room there, Canadians or Americans, fully understand and appreciate how important getting these trade deals done is. Yeah, yeah. So this week, relatively flat week in the live cattle future. I guess we haven't talked for about uh, three weeks. As you look at some of these fundamentals, what are you seeing? Well, fundamentally, still good. Um, of course, we had last week uh, the U.S. cattle inventory report out on Wednesday. That would have been January the 31st. And then, of course, a, a, a bit of a surprise. We'll talk about that in a second, but not overall, but a couple of numbers that caught some attention. And uh, that certainly helped, you know, add some fuel to the futures last Thursday and Friday. But you're right. This past week has been pretty quiet, pretty flat. From a cash perspective, you know, February is probably the tightest month for 2018 for slaughter numbers. And so the industry is very current. Um, prices, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we've traded yet, but certainly we're expecting it to be a couple bucks higher this week. So uh, that's, you know, where we're at. But certainly we're at the tightest supply for 2018 as we speak today. Yeah, and I mentioned that it was a relatively flat week for live cattle. This is in comparison to a week where lean hogs were down six and a third percent yeah, so yeah. You know, comparatively speaking you know much better week for the cattle market than the pork market yeah and a, and a good reminder though too sean that uh you know those two markets won't get too far out of sync uh, so it's something i think uh another reminder we're not gonna have to keep an eye on uh lots of uh, competitive protein as we go through the entire year this year and we're still going to talk about a very high amount of u.s feeder cattle that came into canada based on a StatsCan report, as well as the possible impacts that lack of moisture could have on these cattle markets in the rest of 2018. But first, a word from our sponsor, FCC. My grandpa had this place. I remember being here as a kid, helping grandpa with his cows. Now I'm here, my kids are helping me. 
It's a dream for me and dreams don't happen being lucky. They happen with a lot of passion, a lot of hard work and a lot of inspiration. We live it and we breathe it. This farm's everything. I'm Kent Barrett and I'm proud to be an Alberta rancher. From all of us at Farm Credit Canada, thanks for making Canadian agriculture so amazing. One of the, the pieces of data that we've we, you and I have been sort of talking about since the fall was lots of rumors about a significant amount of U.S. feeder cattle coming into Canada. You have now have some data to back up some of those rumors. Yeah, well, stats can, well, they, you know, I guess we knew cattle were moving north. It was just hard to get our hands on exactly um, what the numbers were. So stats can just release the 2017 data. So we were able to kind of put that together and have a look at it vis-a-vis other years. And so when when the dust all settles, just over 106,000 head of feeder cattle and calf imports did come north, um, over 80% of those into Western Canada. So certainly a good chunk of them. Um, and of course, remember that these cattle are going directly into terminal, or most of them certainly into terminal yards where they where they stay. So they're in, in feed, lots on feed. And that's, a, that's kind of a, the reason, one of the reasons why the January 1 on-feed numbers for Saskatchewan and Alberta are up 8% compared to a year ago as, as these feeder cattle imports. Now, the other kind of interesting note is that it's been a while since we've put uh, very many, in, especially into Western Canada. You really have to go back to the era 1999 to 2001. There's three years in there where we, we were an importer of feeder cattle. But, you know, if you go back to 2016, we only brought in 18,000. So, you know, when you start talking over 106,000, uh, a significant difference. So is this one of those examples where our calf thinks that NAFTA is a good thing? <laughs> well, no, I think this is just, this is a market thing going on. Um, remember, you know, all fall we talked about how strong the market was, not just on fat cattle vis-a-vis the U.S., but calves and feeder cattle as well. And, and I think, um, you know, that this was the uh, kind of the end result is when you've got uh, feeder cattle prices higher here, you know, you're going to, this is the market working, I guess, is, uh, is a simple way to put it. Cattle are going to flow to the highest price. Um, a bit surprising considering how high our feed cost price are, prices are in Western Canada compared to, say, U.S. corn. But nevertheless, the, the price difference uh, still meant the cattle flowed north. Yeah, even with a Canadian dollar in the 70s for part of that period and you know now just flooding over 80 but all of that added together I guess when you look at it at first glance you're like well this doesn't make sense but the more you break it down and actually look at the economics of it it does make some sense yeah so again you know historically you'd say you know cattle are going to flow to where the cheapest feed is and that that generally works you know most of the time uh, but that wasn't the case this year because there was other factors at play uh, the tight Canadian supply and the strong basis being, uh, I think, one of the key drivers to that. Yeah. Uh, so, and I've been across the prairies in in all of January and early part of February here, and th- the word for this year on the cropping side is drought. There's a lot of people very concerned about the dry the dry conditions that we have right now and that look to be in front of us. A lot of people are really hoping for. Uh, a big dump of snow between now and, and seeding time. Now, from a grass perspective, what what kind of impacts could a drought, if it was to persist, what kind of impact is that going to have on these uh, cattle markets? Well, no no surprise, Sean, to those um, with with beef cow numbers or beef cow um, inventory. Certainly that 
that would be the kicker, as we saw in the U.S. as far as the drought that uh, you know kind of took hold in 2011, 2012, and caused a significant sell-off of the U.S. Uh, beef cow herd uh, through that time frame, and significant market impactful. So we're all looking at that, as you've said in some of your past reports that I've heard. You know, we can't we can't make that call here today in early February, but certainly it's a uh, top of mind. Um, now, some of this moisture that we've many of us have received just in the last few days is is certainly um, let's let's assume and hope that it you know stays put and settles. I also hear there's some there's some big winds being forecast as well too. So uh, we're going to need some timely moisture uh, to keep uh, the cow herd together that we have, um, let alone talking about expansion. And then secondly, being able to put up the feed that we need to carry those cows. Yeah. Well, if the, I'll tell you what, here in Lethbridge, if the wind blows, I won't be able to leave my house for at least a week. Yeah, because I've heard that. I've we, heard that a few times yeah. now. Okay. You have yourself a great weekend. It was great to chat with you. Okay, Sean. Thank you. That is Ann Wasco with the Gateway Livestock Exchange. She joins us every two weeks for the Beef Market Update.